cue playback. Okay, something a little bit different this week. Uh, I'm going to be going back over one of my first albums as a solo artist way back in 1990, I believe it was 1996, uh, when I was still performing under my nickname, Toffer, from Christopher, if you hadn't picked that up. Um, and this is a, a fairly electronic-based album, uh, still recorded on a four-track in a share house in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, uh, not far from the house I grew up in. Uh, to set the scene a little bit, this share house was a three-bedroom house uh, with a converted granny flat at the back and a converted garage. Uh, so there were at least five, uh, five of us guys living there at the time. Uh, and with rotating friends and partners, uh, it was always just a hive of activity. Um, but in the midst of that, um, that kind of chaos, I was trying to put together this album. Now, I haven't really listened to this album for a long, long time, so I'm just going to put it on uh, and risk lots of embarrassment and cringe. Um, but I'll try and remember how it was recorded, what equipment I was uh, using, and um, we can go from there. Anyone got any questions, you can hit me up in the comments um, or uh, track us down on social media and uh, let us know on Instagram uh, or Facebook if you've got questions or if uh, something just sounded really familiar. Uh, the production techniques, the equipment, um, let me know. Uh, without further ado... Uh, this album I entitled Spindrift, um, I've ripped it from the master CD. I don't even have the track titles. Um, I vaguely remember that the first song was called Celebration Song. Um, so let's see how much we can tolerate of this. really feel like that guitar needs some more top end. That's pretty offensive, really. Okay. So the sounds and vibes are all over the place here. Um, I was really interested in getting an electronically, uh, electronic based sort of sound, um, but I didn't have access to a computer. Um, I didn't really have access to a sampler as such, but I did have access to a drum machine, a keyboard, and um, a drum module. So for those uh, who like to do the gear spotting, um, I had uh, a, a TR505, I believe it was, um, which was a few models before the 808s. Jeez, could someone get this kid some singing lessons? Um, now, often people would use um, a sequencer or have a keyboard with a built-in sequencer uh, in lieu of having a computer. 
Um, but I, I didn't have access to that technology at that time, so um, I actually used the onboard sequencer on the um, TR505 and I used the MIDI out to send signals off to the TD7 Roland drum module. So most of the drum sounds that you'll hear on this are from that module. And I think even a lot of the bass sounds, certainly the bass on this, which has been tuned quite low. Um, my friend uh, Carolyn Oates, who was in a previous episode, had lent me, uh, I think it was a Yamaha keyboard, SY55, something along those lines. Um, I was still playing on one of my first guitars, which was um, a very bad Stratocaster copy, um, but I was always into uh, the effects. So this is a Korg A4 guitar effects rack, uh, providing all the sounds. Definitely wasn't amping anything up, everything was DI. Um, but to put even more restrictions on it, this was a four-track recorder. So some of these tracks would have been stereo, some of them would have been mono, some of them would have been uh, what we call bouncing down. So you, you might put um, a few in instruments on the first two tracks and then bounce them down to one track. So essentially it's like re-recording the mix of the first couple of channels. Um, I do remember that I um, tuned the flanging so tight on this guitar effect that it was tuned to a note. So the reverberations were uh, meant to play up when I did the bent note. That's all about all I remember though. Uh, for anyone that had listened to uh, the earlier music I'd been involved with in bands uh, prior to this, but it was certainly a lot more melancholy and a little more sort of uh, post-punk goth. Um, and I think this album was trying to sort of push against that a little bit, um, just try and be slightly more upbeat, try and find some spaces that I hadn't looked at um, I guess thematically and even vocally, but oh my god, these these vocals. Um, that's probably enough of this one. So let's go on to the next track. I can't even remember what the next track is. Um, okay. feels very scooped, um, very toppy. I'm not sure if that was um, sort of reacting to CDs coming in and wanting to try and use the whole sort of spectrum of the EQ. Um, 
so delay on all the drums and percussion, flange on the keyboards. I know that uh, whereas a lot of my friends and contemporaries have gotten into more grunge and um, we were all really enjoying sort of Britpop starting to come through and a lot of um, experimental sort of Melbourne-based bands. Um, but grunge was still huge and I just didn't find it captivating uh, sonically. Um, so I guess this album's almost exploring more of those electronic sounds and I can't remember if this is a programmed bass line or if I actually got the bass guitar out or maybe certainly on the um electronic music front, I think we've been listening to artists like um, Future Sound of London, uh, maybe Sunscream from the UK, and then just sort of random selections of techno. Where do you put this music? Okay, so let's um, move on to the next one. Oh, I do remember this one. Um, it made its way into a short film uh, that a friend of mine had been working on. feel like there's uh, a bit of a hangover of um, sort of the post-punk neuromantic vocal stylings.
So these vocals feel pretty uh, thin and uh, you can probably feel the embarrassment on my cheeks radiating from wherever you're listening. Um, when I got to the point of tracking the vocals, I went into a friend's studio, uh, but we're still working on tape back then. So we didn't really have the editing capabilities we do now uh, that anyone on GarageBand can sort of cut and paste uh, a vocal line. So there's a fair bit of uh, cringe and why didn't I do that again crossing my, my mind right now. Uh, so let's go on to track four. So that is not a glitch. Uh, we were doing some rewinding in the studio and we liked the sound of it. So we rewound it and recorded it as it was happening. Listening to this now, I would say this is me trying to do U2's even better than the real thing. I'm enjoying some of the keyboard sounds though. was a young person coming in to work with me as a producer these days I'd probably just say maybe you should write your own song I think we got um, most of this one <laughs> I really don't remember too much of this, so... So on a tech note, you've got the drum sounds. And then there's a little sort of tinkling bell, and that was um, also part of the percussion in the drum sound module. And I'm pretty sure that this was a programmed bassline as well. Could even been uh, have been coming from the same drum sound module. Pretty sure the TD7 had some 
some bass sounds in it as well. Interesting, it's almost, I think there's almost a song here. Again, uh, no easy vocal editing. I certainly would have chopped some of this. Interesting, so we've got like a sub bass thing kind of going on, like a dance uh, bass way down low, and then there's like a higher bass line. And I'd love to say it was like some analog warmth on the mix but I'm pretty sure it's just clipping. Okay, I think we've got the gist of this one. Thinking back, I, I'm not even sure that the um, the TD505 um, or TR505 drum machine sequencer would have had multiple memory patches for sequences. Um, and if that's the, if that was the case, then each of these songs would have had to have been 
recorded uh, and then had the sequencing and programming erased so I could work on another track. Almost unimaginable um, by today's editing standards. A lot of these um, wah guitar sounds are kind of harking back to some of the sounds that are on the Cure's Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, that kind of fairly angsty, top-endy uh, guitar wah. Not a bad job, baby Chris. So I'm not quite sure where I'd put this stylistically. Um, if anyone has any thoughts on um, this sort of combination of rock and electronic and um, yeah, let me know your thoughts because looking back, it's, um, it's kind of hard to find a place for it, I'd say. Okay. Okay, let's head to that next track. Nice kick happening. I still find it a little bit um, of an odd combination, but I, it's probably emblematic of what I was listening to at the time. I guess I'd come out of a whole bunch of sort of post-punk and goth. Uh, so Susan the Banshees, Cure. Uh, 
early simple minds you to um, all that kind of atmospheric um, music combined with sort of songwriting and then trying to find what is the next stage in all of that um, all of those bands seem to be searching for their own sonic signature uh, to create the atmosphere of a song um, and I didn't feel like that was happening with big grungy guitars um, that's not to say that I hated all grunge music but as someone who was obsessed with sound then probably more than I am now um, I think I was looking for what was new what was what was the future sound gonna be the EQing of um, my voice interesting I'm not sure I'm not sure if that was a stylistic thing that we made at the time or if we needed to let it sort of jump out from the mix a bit more I mean there's so much bright stuff in there already So the music would have been mixed down from a four track onto, uh, oh, I don't know if it's half inch, one inch tape. And then the vocals would have been recorded over the top of that. certain times uh, for me listening to the mix of this and hearing that the vocals with their reverb and say that reverb right there um, is in quite a different space to the rest of the mix um, it makes more sense to me because of the way that we yeah the music was tracked and then the vocals recorded in a, a separate setup This one I'm actually enjoying listening back to. It's not as awful as you know, it could be.
I think listening back um, many, many years later, um, there are tracks where I feel like I'm trying to do something and there are other tracks where I think I've just done it. Um, I, I'm I think it's that difference between pursuing a certain kind of artifice and then there being moments that uh, you're genuinely released into your own song. Um, and that's a pretty difficult process to go through for any um, for any artist. You know, a lot of artists start out in covers bands or writing songs that sound you know, largely like the artists that they grew up with. And then finding out, you know, what you actually like and what you're good at, your own strength, your own voice, your own character. I think I'm going to have to go back and work out just how many tracks on this album have wah pedal on the guitar. This almost feels like I'm trying to channel Susie and the Banshee's superstition. You know, without the charm and the beauty and talent. So that's a lesson in if you can't hit the note, just uh, add some passion to mask it.
I think thematically, there's a lot of songs where I'm trying to confront the faith that I was brought up in, uh, trying to confront ideas of truth and love against institutions, against, uh, in my case, the, the teachings of a fairly narrow Christianity. And I know that there's a lot of us that have sort of gone through that and had to try and walk a path uh, beyond that. And what do we keep? What do we discard? Um, and if we're searching for a certain kind of hope or love or truth, um, how do we get past the, the faith, the trappings, the boundaries of um, our, our familial faith, our familial beliefs. Okay, next track. All right, I got no clues everyone. terms of themes and what I was drawn to at the time uh, with punk emerging it was very much burn everything down this is our music it doesn't matter if you like it or not it's our genuine expression of our lives our experiences but for me punk didn't go far enough it needed to be pushing something not just tearing things down, but finding a way forward and trying to say, okay, if this didn't work, then what will work? Um, I'm not someone that's interested in uh, lazy nihilism. Once again, a good singing teacher probably could have advised on the right key for this song. <laughs> okay, I think we've got the picture. Let's move on. This one sounds like an early Simple Minds track. A love song or maybe not the American, but that mixed with some kind of techno. But on that point, go back and listen to some of those um, early Simple Minds records when they're really experimenting 
And like some of that, that style and the combination of beats didn't come up again for like another 10 years. Still puzzles me. One nice, uh, just to get onto the tech talk for a moment, one nice thing about the TD7 drum module was that it had two velocity layers, which um, sounds pretty quaint now, but it just meant that if you programmed the signal to get louder, the sound of the drum would change slightly to sound like it was being hit harder. I'm just going to say that, that vocals a touch loud, a touch wide. And for those keeping score, uh, it's another wah guitar song. Okay, next song, I can't remember if this is a 12 or a 14 album. Okay, buddy, your intro's too long.
I don't mind some of the spaces this has gone. It just feels a little bit disjointed as a song. It kind of feels more like a few clips of music that I liked and decided I'd sing over the top of somehow. Okay, so apparently it is a 14-track album. So let's press on. Listening back to these tracks now, half the game is what was I listening to, what was I trying to convey? This is literally a bedroom album, with the exception of the vocals and I guess the final mix down. Probably drove my uh, housemates mad with uh, tracking guitars and tracking bass and Oh, 
Really hard to get a handle on that one. If you think there's some influences for track 12, just uh, chime in and let me know. Uh, track 13. and the conga programming. We're throwing back to one of the earlier tracks on the album with a different kind of vibe. For the life of me, I can't remember why I did that. Maybe I just thought this version sounded better with less vocals. So let's move on to the final track. Uh, thanks to everyone that's stuck with me this far. Uh, put up with the tech talk, put up with the musing on influences. Um, but if you do have questions, uh, jump online and let me know. And I'll do my best to think back to 1995, 94. Um, Track 14. 
so I was pretty big on tuned percussion um, trying to use percussion and the drum sounds as extra melodic instruments so even with the um, the low sort of uh, tom drums and um, the high-pitched sound you can hear in the background that one's actually not keyboards this was one of the first times that I used my digital delay pedal that had a hold function which is essentially a, a one second sample to sample my voice and then send it through my Korg A4 effects rack as a background pad essentially instead of a keyboard Vocal throwback to the first song on the album. Well, everyone, I think that is all of my first solo album from, I believe, 1995. Um, called Spindrift. I might try and go back and find the track names, but um, I mean, it was a long time ago now. Um, and please put all of the gear questions in the comments or send me a message on social media. everyone for hanging in there and um we'll be back chatting with another musician next week cue playback